I'd just like to pray before I um I begin my talk. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for the opportunity we have to come together. I just really pray, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, you will just speak to, to everyone who listens to this, Lord. Um, just ask that in your precious name. Amen. Uh, when I started thinking about what I should talk about, I felt I should talk about rest. And that's been something that God's been challenging me to for a while now. After reading a book called Emotionally Healthy Spiritually, I've been thinking a lot about my time and the things I'm involved in and the quality of time I give to things, but I have never come up with any of the answers. I think one of the biggest questions we all had before lockdown was and is still, how do we find rest in a world where rest seems to be non-existent? I can remember at the start of lockdown having a conversation with Nick Harvey. We were just chatting over how things were with each of us. And uh, during that conversation, I remember, I think one of us said, there seems to be two groups of people at the moment. The first group are the ones who can no longer go to work. Some of them having been furloughed or having to shield due to health issues. And these are and still worrying times for us all. Some embrace furlough for, or not going, doing their usual daily routines. Some of us spent our days cleaning, decluttering, or even decorating or just enjoy the time off reflecting and resting. The second group, these were people who had no choice but had to work through these times, whether working at home or at, in the frontline workers, the nurses, the care workers, the teachers, the supermarket workers, and the list goes on. These have probably been hard times for them, working harder and longer hours than ever before. They haven't had the chance to stop and enjoy rest. This second group will probably need our help at the end of all this, just importantly as the people who needed it at the start. As I mentioned earlier, I have been thinking for a while about my time and how I spend it, what to give up and what needs to change, which I have always put off. I'm the sort of person who always likes to be busy, not one for being restful and reflective. I rather like being busy doing things that I see as constructive, sometimes something I can see physically changed or built. There's a new saying going around at the moment, which a lot of people are saying, including myself, which is, I, we don't want to go back to the way things were before lockdown. Even on Jeremy Vine radio show the other day, he mentioned that only 6% of people actually want things to return to how they were before lockdown. I do believe this time has been a wake up call for many and some even a game changer. On the back of all this, at the beginning of lockdown, someone recommended me to read John Mark Coomer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which the book's tagline is, how to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos of a modern world. I would highly recommend this book and advise everyone to read it. A lot of us are asking the question, I know I am, what would life look like in the future not only for us individually, but what will also resound look like as a church in the future. I know there are a lot of questions, but very few answers, but let's pray together and ask God to speak to us clearly. I believe we have been given a pause button. I know, I do, and sure you do, that we want to live differently. I, I for one, want to take the rush out of my life, and perhaps we don't know how to do that. We all have been given an opportunity to change how we live and for some 
have changed how they recently worked by making huge life, huge life changes to their work patterns. But we all have to do it in a way which most of us still need to work to pay our bills. We all have commitments that we need to fulfill. I don't want this talk to become a book review, but I want to share some points I feel God has spoken to me through it and share some useful points that will hopefully help me and you change the perspective of our life going forward. Corrie Ten Boom is quoted as saying, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Both sin and busyness have the same effect. They cut off your connection to God, to other people and even your soul. In Matthew 11, verse 28, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. My yoke upon you, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and I will fill you, find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I love the message version of this verse. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and re you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. <clears throat> so what is the secret of an easy yoke? If you want to experience the life of Jesus and an easy yoke, you need to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Mark, John Mark Homer says, The Western world has lost sight of the fact that the way of Jesus is just that, a way of life. It's a way of life based on that of Jesus, a lifestyle. So ask yourself, what are your rhythms and routines that make your lifestyle? How do you spend your time and how do you spend your money? Are we styling them the same as Jesus' life? Life is hard and we all go through tough times. This last few months has been especially hard for most of us in some way or another. Jesus doesn't promise, promise us life would be easy. Far from it, we will all go through rough times with problems or illnesses. But Jesus does give us the tools to go through life. He gives us the tools for an easy yoke. Jesus crammed his whole working life into three years. So how did he manage that? He states that there were things Jesus did that were part of his lifestyle, his daily routine, his weekly routine, his yearly routine. He got up early and went to a quiet place to be with his father. He would go away overnight or even a few weeks at a time just to get away from the crowds and gather himself before God. He slept in occasionally. He would often enjoy a long meal with friends creating space for hard conversations, talking over the life and the daily matters. He would practice Sabbath, a day set aside for rest and worship. John Mark Homer talks about these in his book, about four practices that we can do to unhurry our lives. Silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity and slowing. The first one is silence and solitude. In Mark 1, we read, it was basically Jesus' first day on the job. It was a busy day, but the next day he got up early. He took himself to a solitude place to pray and to be with his father. 
This just wasn't once, but it was part of his life rhythm. So in the busyness of life, Jesus made time for his father first thing in the morning. We all need silence, and I personally find this really hard. It's a rhythm I need to learn and adopt. We need to learn to turn off turn off all the external noise we have in our lives sometimes and learn to be silent before God, just enjoying being with him and allow him to talk to us. We need to learn to turn off social media. media. Perhaps we need a Sabbath day from our phones. I can remember I mentioned this to Stevie once and he challenged me to do it. I think I only managed a couple of hours. Sabbath. We all know the scripture that God made the earth and everything in it in six days. Then he rested on the seventh. So God himself shows us what the work rhythm we should have. That's even more of a reason why we should have a Sabbath, Sabbath no matter what day of the week it is. We need to do things on those days that replenish our souls, walking, going out for coffee or a meal with friends. He quotes in his book this quote, The Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it is a day we anticipate on a Wednesday, a Thursday and a Friday, and it's a day we remember on a Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. Sabbath is the holy time where we feast, play, paint, dance, walk and watch creation in its fullness. On a Sabbath, all we do is rest and worship. I think we need to learn how we do Sabbath again. We, need, we as an, Anne and as a society, have lost the rhythm of Sabbath over the years. It's been proven that working longer hours does not improve your productivity. We need to learn how to rest for a day a week. Simplicity. We need to learn more simply. I love my gadgets, so this is hard for me. We need to think if we need that new phone or that new item. Matthew 6 verse 19 tells us, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus tells us that we can't serve two masters. So where we spend our time and energy is important. Don't let the things we have steal our time. Put effort into your relationship with the Father. Put effort into relationships with your friends and family. Because where you put your resources is where your heart will be. In Matthew 6 verse 25 we read, That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more important than food or your body more than clothing? So don't worry, verse 31 says, so don't worry about these things that will, what will you eat and what will you drink? What will you wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows your needs. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles isn't enough for today. <clears throat> I know not worrying is easier said than done, but we need to truly focus on God first, 
and seek his will for our lives. I think this would bring a fresh and a better perspective to our lives. We need to learn how to be more open with each other, sharing the hard times as well as the good. We should learn to go to God first. Start praying for the small things again, like that parking space you need. Don't let life's pressures and worries steal your time. During this time, a lot of people have struggled with their mental health and, as, and we as a team recognise that. If you watch the services where Patrick Reagan spoke and the courses that he offers and the support groups they, they do, it's something that we would like, love to get involved with as a, as a church, whether we run them in, as separate groups or in our small groups. Ask God how you can live more simply. And finally, slow in. Ask God how you can change the pace of your life. Turn off the notifications on your phone or even taking off the social media apps. Take longer holidays, make more time for yourself, meditate, go for a slow walks. Even He even suggests joining the longest queue in a supermarket so you can take that time to pray to the Father. In this book, he goes into these four practices a lot, a lot deeper. And I would encourage you to just watch these videos. They're about 10 minutes each, and hopefully you can see them, the link below. I guess to fully rest is to be at rest with ourselves. We need to trust God. We need to pursue God. We need to bring Jesus to the centre of our lives. When I spoke at Rizang for the first time a couple of years ago, I showed a Katie Perry video called uh, Change in Rhythm. And I mentioned that as Christians, we sometimes live lives in a Christian bubble. Well, I think this in this season, that bubble has been smashed. We are doing church in a completely different way, a way where it is more important than ever to pay attention to our spiritual life. I said at the beginning of the year, as part of the vision season, how important it was to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just remembering the picture of what Angela shared a few years ago about the watering can, that if we are going to be effective as a church and in our, in, as individual individuals, we need to be constantly asking the Holy Spirit to fill us, being completely replenished by his Holy Spirit to be able to be overflowing. We need to learn to rest in God and be to be able to rest at all. Our relationship with him is so important. I'm going to show a video now, just before I pray, uh, just after I pray, I mean. Um, it's a Hillsong's worships video for, called Pursue, All I Need Is You. And just use it as a time of medication before the Father. Just uh, letting him soak in his, like, let, let yourself soak in the words. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Lord, I just breathe pray as we watch this video that by your Holy Spirit, you will just be with us where we are. Fit us, Lord God, replenish our souls, Lord Jesus. Flood us with your love and compassion, not only for, for us, Lord, but for the world that we live in. I ask that by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Uh, thank you, and uh, see you all soon.